Welcome to Bootstrappers. I'm Jeremy Aspen, and as we're gearing up for our fourth season of the Bootstrapper Show, we've put together a highlights reel of your favorite shows. We'll see you in a couple weeks on the Bootstrapper Show. This is the Bootstrapper Show for property management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business. People oftentimes think of emotional intelligence only as empathy but that you actually coach in many different areas. Can you describe those areas? Yep, and and to that point, when you read articles uh, online or do any sort of just a quick Google search of emotional intelligence, what you are gonna find is empathy and interpersonal relationships. So I completely understand why the perception is that that's what it is, because that's what mostly people talk about. Um, But what I, work on with my clients is actually uh, within the realm of 15 different emotional skills. And it really boils down into five different categories. So it's how we think and feel about ourselves. What is, what's the story I tell myself about myself, how that manifests in the outside world. How do I express myself? What do I look like, sound like when I'm talking to you? Um, How we develop and maintain relationships, both personally and professionally, how we solve problems and how we cope with stress. And it's all very interrelated. And I know when you and I talked last time, I love to give the, the very high level example of starting out your day, having an absolute knockdown drag out with your spouse, versus starting out your day, finding out that you just won an amazing new client and how either one of those scenarios would have a completely different color on everything throughout the course of your day. It's coloring how you think about yourself. It's coloring how you interact with other people. It's coloring how even how you look on the outside. You might look down in the dumps or really happy and excited. Um, It's coloring how you solve problems. If we feel good, we feel positive, we tend to have more expansive, forward-thinking thoughts and ideas versus feeling down, we're we're feeling a little bit more uh, constricted in that way. Um, And certainly how we are coping with stress throughout the day as well. Well, you have to believe everything you read on the internet. It's all true. <laughs> start. That's right. Like, that's a great start, point. though. Right. Like, how many things are out there that are just completely untrue? Mm-hmm. And it's like fact or fiction. And I think that that really you have to focus on building your own self-confidence mm-hmm. and your own self-worth about it. Do I know who I am? Because if I don't know who I am and I'm not willing to figure out who I am, I'm going to get lost in those comments. Mm-hmm. And now nowadays with social media and the way that that is, if I spend time like, oh, those people are defining who I am. Mm-hmm. But who am I? Like, I'm not defined by people's perception of me as much as I am defined by my perception of me. You have like three little kids, right? Yeah, I do. I have a seven, a five, and a three-year-old. So how do you manage um, this explosive growth with your personal life and your family life? Um, So... Everybody has the same amount of time of the day, obviously. Um, you know, I used to think I was really busy. I used to make excuses for not working out. Um, at the end of 2019, I actually started running again. I had taken 20 years off since high school. Wow. And I started running again. Um, and, you know, I found out that I have more time than I think. 
you know, kids have actually, having kids has actually forced me to be more productive. To be honest, I don't watch any TV. Uh, you know, I, I, I we don't even have a working TV in our house, so yeah. we totally understand. And that's something <laughs> uh, we've said it before on the show. I mean, that seems to be a very constant. Uh, that, that seems to be a constant whenever we ask people that are having success. No, almost nobody watches almost TV. Nobody watches TV. So I won't lie. Like I, I, there are a few shows that I stream, like when I have a Saturday night where it's, I don't have work to do for something. And, I'll watch an episode of Yellowstone, stream it. And I've watched the show Billions. Um, Ted Lasso was another one that was really good. That was awesome. Ted Lasso was awesome. Right, but these are like streaming and it's like, I'm choosing that over sleep, right? And it's not like during the day, it's not from, you know, five to nine. Right. My my schedule goes like, you know, seven in the morning, six, six thirty in the morning till like, get out of work at 6 or 6.30, get home, spend a couple hours with the kids, put the kids down, start working again until 9 or till like 10, 11, 12, sometimes 1 or 2 in the morning. And if I can get, if I decide that I need to relax for a half hour at the end of the day, you know, I do. And I typically run or work out at night. Um, so for me, a lot of times when I'm running and working out, I'm reading books. So I very seldomly sit down and read a book. I just listen to them on the audiobooks while I'm running. And my business partner, Adam, taught me that. Um, at first, I was like, no, man, I got to listen to music. I got to feel the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then I got addicted to the learning. And yeah. it's just, it's killing two birds with one stone. You just feel so full when you're, you know, gaining knowledge while actually physically getting better. It's just, it's amazing. It's, it's definitely a life hack for uh, how, to, how to get those workouts in and learn. Vision is really important and taking that vision and breaking it down into attainable goals and then sharing those goals with their team and then getting them excited about those goals. You know, it's one thing to come into an office and say, okay, new goals, guys, here's what we're going to do. I want you to do X, Y, and Z. But if the team's not bought in, if you're not getting them bought in, you know, you you're might be missing something uh, in that area. So getting the team involved as well. So not only setting that vision, but making sure you have the right people on the bus Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Making sure you have, you know, the, the right person in the right seat is, is also, a, a you know, under that umbrella of leadership uh, and also knowing when it's time to maybe make a change. So is that part of your consulting? Like, do you go into companies and you kind of observe how things mm-hmm. operate? And then can you tell right away? Mm-hmm. Maybe you can see things that the owner can't see, like this person is toxic. I know this is your best friend from high school, but maybe you guys (laughs) all should be doing business together. Those kind of the things that you see often. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, that's not our our main goal when we're going. We're we're working with the companies on the business development side and working with their business development managers, but inevitably things like that come up, uh, whether it's, you know, hey, I'd like to... uh, to record this video, but I can't nail down our, our maintenance manager to, to get them to help me out. Or, you know, I'd like to do this, but I, I'm having trouble, you know, getting support here or there. Um, so yeah, that is certainly something we come across and, you know, you, you start talking about business development, but then you realize it's connected to all these other exactly, things. Exactly, right? That's yeah, why they come yeah. to you. They're like, Brian, I want to grow. I want to yep. be amazing. And then sure. you realize, well, some of these fundamentals aren't met. I'm going to have, a, I mean, I can, I can get you a you know, a business development manager. I sure. can set you on this plan, but it's not going to get you anywhere mm. if you don't have these fundamentals done. 
So you're saying that visionaries shouldn't feel bad that they're distracted by that shiny object. No, absolutely not, because that is the nature of a visionary. And so I think one of the things we have to be really careful in our conversation today, because my guess after, you know, when we got, when we first started talking this morning, is that you have a lot of visionary entrepreneurs, you know, listen to your show because they're always got great new ideas. Props to, you know, Corey and the other folks on some of the odd things they're thinking of, but they've always got these really great ideas. And that's awesome because you need that wild big picture creativity and that energy to get things going, but that's just not in their nature. And it's not about, you know, taking them down or being critical of them. It's about giving them a structure, helping them develop their lane so they can do that while everybody around them is really working on executing that plan. People try to parse it out as though, like they try to make it so that reason is a, a higher level of thought. And it is not uh, because, I don't know, there's something axiomatic or there's some sort of a nice little phrase that says it nicely, but uh, essentially you can't make reasonable decisions without emotion because so for instance, you don't even know what you want. You don't know what the, you don't know what the outcome should be if you can't process it emotionally so you 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 i think it was michael Shermer mentioned this to me um he you cannot you, your your emotions are is it your emotions are i should probably leave this out of the show but your emotions are the lawyers on the behalf of your already established beliefs so you already have to have some sort of an an emotional anchoring before you can reason that's the long that, way of, yeah is that what you find also yeah, I'm, I'm deconstructing that phrase. Um, but yes, generally, the, the sentiment is for sure accurate. It's, it's also something I coach on a lot. Our emotions are data. So not only our own emotions that we are experiencing in the moment, um, but also reading other people's emotions. They are giving us data in, you know, in that uh, exchange, in that conversation, in that meeting, in that phone call even, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, it's, it's an exchange of data. It's allowing the other person the space to feel how they feel. Um, and it is, you know, culturally, we're not taught to use our emotions as data. Yeah. have a point of impact and then we react, we respond, right? We're taught to, to think on our feet, think fast, you know, come up with ideas and responses immediately. And we don't ever stop to not only process how we are feeling and use that information to make good choices. Um, but also we're not taught to understand the fact that you can actually choose your emotion, mm. right? You can change it and you can choose which emotion you're going to use because you're probably not only feeling one. Jeremy used to have a radio show and I'm gonna- Oh, this again. <laughs> Well, not every show was great. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. There were some shows where I was like listening and I I love you. Well, you know this. Before I tell this story, we have to clarify. I, I do love Jeremy. <laughs> there were what? some shows that were literally awful. 
They were so bad. And I was always think like someone was going to come up to us and be like, wow, that's <laughs> really bad. And no one ever did it. And so that kind of made me realize that no one's thinking about you. So one of my questions for you is from going from 200 units to almost 3000, have you had to make some significant personnel changes Were the people that helped you at the beginning, not the people who are going to get you to where you are now? I think it's just me and Adam left from the leadership team that initially set up our first VTF. I mean, that's not something that I ever expected or wanted or- Of course. I would have said that I was excited about. Um, but I will say that I've never been more excited with our current leadership team than I am today. We just had our, our um, you know, kind of first quarter offsite where we did a retreat um, and we spent two days together planning and making sure the year was all set up and our VTO was set up for our one year, our one year plan and our three year picture and all that kind of stuff. And I've never been more excited with our team we have right now. But I, I honestly, though, I think that being able to make those hard choices is what separates those who have true growth from those who don't. Because I'm sure that was heart wrenching at certain times. Those leadership yeah, changes. Be, how bad was it? To be honest, um, most of those people decided that they were moving on um, for various reasons. You know, some people want one you know, people started their own business. One person moved home to live with a family member and take care of a family member. Other people just felt like they needed a change. Um, you know, there wasn't, there's definitely not anything that I can pinpoint that was, and we didn't fire any of those people specifically. Of course, we made, we've made hard personal decisions over the years. That's just a given as a, as a leader and as a growing organization, you're gonna have to make those tough decisions. Um, but in those cases, in fairness, they're, they're, they just kind of move on. Oh, well that- uh, one, of them, one of them was part of the great resignation or the great uh, migration, whatever you want to call it after COVID. Uh, after COVID. So we did lose quite a bit of our leadership team kind of after that to different various things. One person started a company like, you know, it is what it is. You've seen a lot of property management websites. Sure. Oh, can you just give us the nuts and bolts about what you yeah. see that are like the big like red flags or like, oh my God, please don't do this on your website. It's so bad and it doesn't yeah. work. Well, there's levels to that. You know, there, <laughs> there are the, the sites that you look at and you're like, this was probably made in, you know, 1995 and mm -hmm. it's, you know, it, it shows. You can tell right away by looking at it. <clears throat> you know, that's obviously a problem. But some of the other things that we see with, with companies that are a little bit more established and, and do, you know, have a website recently built and all of that. They have they answer a lot of the same questions and they they're very similar. You know, if you look at a, a property management website in Denver compared to one in you know Chattanooga, uh, a lot of cases there, there's going to be a lot of the same elements and a, even a lot of the same phrasing. Uh, you know, we take the stress out of owning a rental property. Uh, you know, we handle the maintenance, collect the rent, and, and a list of things that we do as property managers. And I think if you look around at the different websites, you start to realize that this is not a differentiator at all in some cases. And I think that's where a lot of folks miss the mark. They use their website as more of a check the box thing. Uh, it looks nice, it has the information on there. got a couple of videos maybe if you're doing them okay. And uh, you know they, they kind of think of it like that as opposed to using your, your website as a business card or a selling tool 
uh, and something to draw folks in and, and maybe answer some of their questions and do some of the selling for you, uh, as opposed to just being kind of a landing page, which, which some miss the mark by doing. And what you're saying is maybe taking a step back and seeing how you can dig into that that area where you've already had success more could be a better tact than going to something totally different, right? Absolutely. It's thinking about, are there processes you can automate? Um, are there some things you can outsource? Are, are there markets that you haven't really stopped you know, to really think about that you could you can also go into or go even deeper into. And I think when part of the challenge is, is that for entrepreneurs, you get so into your business, so into the weeds sometimes with blinders on that you're not taking that time with your leadership team. You're not taking that time on your own to step out of the business and to work on it. Other thing about EOS is that you're not allowed to shift your focus within the 90 days. Right, Kyle? That is such a game changer. This is the Bootstrapper Show for Property Management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business.